Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Her brother was a police officer. He was shot, murdered. She's here to talk about the incident, how it impacted her family, the many strange turns afterwards, and more coming up on the Law Enforcement Today show. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725, online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Calling us from Bucks County, Pennsylvania, we have Patty Tedesco on the phone. Patty, thanks so much for being a guest on the Law Enforcement Today show. Very much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure, and it's an honor. And we're going to talk about... A line of duty death, your brother uh, was a police officer in Lodi, New Jersey, not far from where I was born. I do know the area somewhat. I had an aunt that lived there many, many years ago. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how it's impacted you, your family, and some of the strange twists that have occurred since then. But before we do that, I think part of what you went through with your brother might be motivating some of what you do career-wise now. What is that? Well, being able today to help people move forward, having gone through this murder at such a young age, at 11 years old, and losing my childhood, my adolescence, and pretty much my the rest of my family, I had to really learn very young how to survive, and not just survive, but live. And as the years have passed, I have a great desire to help others move forward in whatever area they want to move forward in. So I not only help families who have gone through homicide, but in my consulting business that I own for 20 years, I help managers and C-level executives and organizations create environments where people want to come to work. And that's been a real motivator for me. Where can people get more information about the services you offer? Well, I have a website that's called executivetraininggroup.com. And I've done this work. My my, uh, specialty is leadership, sales, uh, with that, the coaching. 
and I speak at conventions, and I do it all over the world. I've worked even in Serbia um, doing leadership and coaching uh, with having um, interpreters. So it's, it's a great feeling for me. I absolutely adore my work when I can see that people are growing. Is it fair to say that what you went through with your brother, who was a police officer being murdered, has really pushed you and, and motivates you and is part of what drives you to do what you do? No question in my mind it drives me. You know, the rest of my family did not come through it very well. And um, I didn't want to survive my life without making a difference. And the way I thought I could make a difference was two ways, is to do the work that I'm doing. So I left the corporate world 20 years ago to do this work. Also, I am a certified speaker for the state of Pennsylvania for survivors of homicide. So with that, I get to speak at different venues, I talk to police officers, I talk to families. My desire also is to speak to families who have lost a police officer and have children. I truly believe that we don't realize the impact on the children left behind. I I would say that is a very fair assessment. And your brother was murdered. I'm going to ODMP.org. Officer Gary Tedesco with Lodi Police Department in New Jersey uh, was killed August 26th, 1963. He was with a sergeant. They went to a call together. I'll have it, let you explain it in a few moments. And the impact of his murder not only affected you, the rest of your family, but it's still coming up in the news. And we'll get to some details about that later on. Could you, to the best of your recollection, give some details about what happened to your brother and Sergeant Voto? Yeah, my um, my brother was not even in uniform. He had gone to his best friend's wedding, and he so much wanted to be a police officer that he always went back to the police station after. And so after the wedding, he went back to the police station, and Sergeant Peter Voto said, I just got a call, Gary. Come with me. And so Gary didn't have a gun or even a uniform. So he went to the call with him at the Angel Lounge in Lodi. And Peter Voto went in first. And when he wasn't coming out, Gary went in to see how he can help. And they were already beating up Sergeant Voto. And they asked him who he was. And he could have said no one, right? But he said, I'm a police officer as well. And they proceeded, long story short, to strip them, beat them, and murder them in a bar full of people. Like, there was no question what these two criminals did. This sounds like a scene from a Hollywood movie where, first of all, your brother's a very heroic guy. To go in unarmed and say, hey, I'm a police officer, you need to cut this out, and he went to help his sergeant. That's admirable. But he walked he was, in there without the ability to even defend himself. He had nothing to defend himself, and he actually, at the trial, which I was not at the trial because I was too young, but at the trial, what came out was that he actually 
told the girls that they were with to he got them out of the bar to save their lives. He said, "Run for your life." So he he really was a hero and nothing to defend himself, which still breaks my heart. You know, he didn't have a chance. He had just turned 22 on August 11th, and on August 26th, he was dead. And He was only on the police force five days. Here's one of the things that I hear all the time, and they say this all the time in these training films we see in the academy and also in in-service is that I went through 20 years on the job, never pulled my gun, and here your brother was literally in his first week in training, and he's in a life-or-death battle, and unfortunately, he and his sergeant lost that battle. Yes, they did, and the, one of the most difficult pieces of this is that it stayed in the news for over 50 years. We never were able to to really recover. Um, I, I don't know if you ever recover, but when it's always in your face, it's very difficult. It's such a difficult way to lose someone rather than losing them through a natural death. Not that any death is easy, but I'll tell you something like this, where it's on the news all the time. And I mean, I'm still doing TV and radio work on it. You're here um, talking about it right now with us. It, it, and this right. is, was in 1963. So I can imagine I've had so many survivors on the Law Enforcement Today show. And one of the things they, they, they both the two things they always say without fail is I want people to remember the officer died in line of duty, not just them as a police officer, but the type of person they were and that they're a family person and they were brothers or sisters or husbands or wives, whatever it might be. And the other one was that it was such a difficult transition for them to get beyond the death to, and I'm using the term used quite often, it's overused, their new normal. And there's a lot of inspiration in that part of their stories. We're going to take a short break. We're talking with Patty Tedesco. This is Law Enforcement Today's show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Epidemic. America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. And online at transformationstreatment.center. If you want to be a guest on the Law Enforcement Today show, just go to our website and contact me through there. Our website is 
letradioshow.com. That's letradioshow.com. We're all over social media. Be sure to like and follow our Facebook page, Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. We're on Twitter. Follow us at LET Radio Show Podcast. And on Instagram, look for LET Radio Show Podcast. Of course, don't forget our website, letradioshow.com. Back to our conversation with Patty Tedesco on the Law Enforcement Today Show. Patty calling us from Pennsylvania, talking about the murder of her brother police officer Gary Tedesco and also his sergeant Peter Voto in Lodi, New Jersey, August 26, 1963. I don't like going into a lot of details, A, about the bad guys and B, about how they were killed because, to be honest with you, Patty, it, I don't know your brother. I didn't know Sergeant Voto, but when I read the details of what happened to them, I couldn't help but have an emotional response because, in part, it reminds me of so many people that I worked with that died in the line of duty that were killed. Some were friends, some were just co-workers I had an attachment to, and, and others just in the same department. And I don't think I'll ever get over those, but I can't imagine being a family member and having to go through this. You know, people have never forgotten. It was such a heinous crime. The other day, uh, after I spoke to you that I would be doing this interview, I mentioned it on the Lodi Facebook page. I'm still getting comments. I got over 85 comments within hours of, I knew your brother, I didn't know him, but my parents remember, remember the town has never been the same, and the town has never been the same. It was never forgotten, because we came from a very small Italian town, you know, nothing dangerous ever happened there. Is it, is it fair to say that Lodi, New Jersey was like nondescript, it's just a middle-class working blue-collar town where everybody pretty much does takes care of their business. There was nothing Absolutely. Eventful, everybody knew each this. other or was related to each other. Um, I mean, my brother had passed the state troopers exam, and my dad said, no, Gary, that's too dangerous. I want you to start locally first if you want to be a police officer. Well, you can imagine what happened to my father after that. Five days later, my brother's dead, and my father cried every night until he died shortly after. Uh, He died of a broken heart at 59 years old when his entire family all lives to 100. He just never stopped blaming himself. And really, it wasn't his fault. There's nothing he could have done. No, he did what every parent would do. Right. You know, this is a safe town. Start out locally. We told him over and over, but just live with that. I was interested uh, when you said the new normal. I often wonder what normal is for me. Or let me say I know what my normal is, but what would it have been had I not experienced this tragedy? Actually, my brother and I were the closest in my family. I absolutely adored him. There was no one closer in my family than him. And... It so affected me through the years that I don't know who I would have been. I mean, I think it it certainly made me strong. I'm a fighter for justice. I 
love helping others. I mean, I did as much positive. I took as much positive from this horror as I could, but there's always a hole in my heart. It, it just, it exists. I, I can't fight it. I think, again, I can only use my own experience, and it's not the same. And I don't want to come across to people listening thinking that I assume I know what it's like for Patty and her family, because I don't. I just know what it's like for me as a law enforcement officer and having gone through this with, with close friends. And I thought of this other day, Patty, maybe it will ring true for you. I'm forever changed as a result of things that I went through as a police officer, but that doesn't mean forever ruined. It means just different. Yes. And then you, you, you continue on and you find a way to deal with the hand you've been dealt, which is a horrible hand, and there's no way to make it right. And one of the things, I, I'm going to ask you this. The, the two guys who did this, and I'm not going to put their names on the air. I don't believe in doing that. One of them was killed in a gunfight with New York City police a couple of days later. The other one was That's arrested, correct. convicted. He was sentenced to death. Then the death penalty was overturned, and he was given life. And then he was released after like 30 some odd years, and he's alive, and he's on the f- streets. Oh, he's alive on the streets doing art shows in Japan. He, the Quakers, um, represented him when he came out of jail. He uh, attempted to kill his girlfriend, and they couldn't bring up the former crimes because it would sway the jury. So he came across as this nice old man, and his girlfriend was uh, a junkie. Um, so he got away with that, too. And now they say he's at the courthouse a lot picking up women. You know, it wasn't bad enough, right, to lose this wonderful boy. But now we have to live the last 50-something years of knowing that he's still living his life. He killed off two families. I mean, everybody pretty much is dead. There's very few of us left. And every, I believe everybody died of a broken heart. My mother wore black for 44 years until she died. She never, ever got over this. And I don't know the way that you, anybody possibly could. One of the things we hear so often, and I take exception to when people say this, is that especially with law enforcement officers, they're killed on a duty and they'll say, well, the bad guy was arrested and convicted and is on death row or is going to be spending the rest of life in prison, never be released again, and that they get closure. And I don't believe they do. I've never had anybody say that they get closure. No. But how, how can it be when closure. you know this guy I, is out and about? I, I just don't, I can't comprehend that. Oh, well, I think everybody that we know doesn't understand, doesn't comprehend how he was. Our families kept him in prison for 36 years, and I won't go through the details of why they were going to release him after seven, after being convicted to the death penalty. But the laws changed, and the laws protected the criminals instead of the victims. And where the families and close friends were as much victims as the two police officers. You know, I often say that the two police officers got the death sentence and the families got the life sentence. That's a, that's a great way of putting it. And, and you also made a pretty good point earlier on in the conversation that when your brother, police officer Gary Tedesco, and also police sergeant Peter Voto were basically executed, murdered viciously, 
in a local bar in Lodi, New Jersey in 1963, it had a profound effect on your family, your parents, and the entire town of Lodi, New Jersey. Is that an understatement? Yes. Oh, there's no question. There's nobody in that town that does not still remember it with the surrounding towns. And look at, I mean, sadly, policemen are murdered every day. This case just stood out and still does. I mean, there are people that weren't born yet that know about this. We are talking with Patty Tedesco. She is a trainer, a speaker. We'll talk more about everything she's done. A lot of this has been motivated by what she experienced when her police officer brother was killed in line of duty. This is the Law Enforcement Show. Remember to check out our website for news articles, past episodes of the podcast, download our free app, and much more. That's letradioshow.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. If you haven't done so already, please download our app. It's 100% free. We got versions for your Android and iPhone devices, 100% free. You can download them today at our website, which is letradioshow.com. That's letradioshow.com. Be sure to get yours today. If you've missed past episodes of the Law Enforcement Today radio show, never fear. You can listen to them online as a podcast. Just go to our website, letradioshow.com, where you'll find all the podcast episodes and much more. That's letradioshow.com. If you want to be a guest on the Law Enforcement Today show, just go to our website and contact me through there. Our website is letradioshow.com. Back to our conversation with Patty Tedesco calling us from outside Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, talking about the line of duty murder of her brother, police officer Gary Tedesco from Lodi, New Jersey, also killed in the same incident was Sergeant Peter Voto. That was back in 1963. And I believe you said you were about 11 years old back then, correct? I was, yes. I've heard from many spouses and also older siblings or uh, what it was like when they found out. Do you recall when your family was notified that your brother was killed? Yeah, I still remember what I was wearing and what my mother was wearing. We got a call at 4 o'clock in the morning, and for years I would wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning. But we got a call that something had happened to Gary, and we should come to the police station. And I'm not sure why, but my mother and her brother and myself went to the police station. My father stayed behind, and again, I'm not not sure why, but when we got to the police station, my godmother, who was Gary's girlfriend, was already there, and I went and sat in her lap, and I said, uh, and she was crying, and I said, oh, oh, please don't cry. He'll be fine. And my mother kept saying, could I go to the hospital? Well, nobody wanted to tell us anything, so we sat there for an hour. Why they didn't come to the house, I don't know. But we sat there for an hour, and then a police officer just walked in and said, your son is dead. And my mother had this red flowered dress on, and I just remember the screams. And Adrian, my godmother, already knew, but they 
when she walked in the police station, they asked her if she was a relative. She said, no, a girlfriend. And they said, oh, in that case, Gary's dead. I mean, it was it was not handled well, to say the least. But I remember I had these gold slippers on and these green pants. And um, I just remember like it was yesterday. And there's nothing like a child witnessing this. And by the time we got home, my father's family lived in Pennsylvania, not far from where I live now. They were all there already. So that's how long they left us at the police station. And I just always remember it was at least a year where everybody just sat at the table and screamed and cried. I mean, the house became a perpetual memorial for him until my mother died. I mean, there was no holidays anymore. There was no celebrations. Every holiday, everybody got around and cried. At that time, especially Italians, I don't know if this was true for others, but you didn't go for help. You didn't, you know, call psychologists. Only psychologists were for crazy people. Yeah, well, I'm I'm Irish-American and come from Irish grandparents, and it's the way it was in our family, too. So... Yeah, so and, I guess and, uh, it was that generational. Now everybody's in therapy. I almost have a warm feeling when you talked about how the Italians were back then, the old school Italians, and it reminds me of what my my family members were like when I was younger. And it was that we didn't talk, we didn't, we had emotions, we were emotional about things. We got angry, we cried, we sang, we laughed, but we didn't talk with strangers. Right. About it was it. Our, our friends were our family. Pretty much. I mean, there was 30, I used to say there was 30 or 40 of our closest um, relatives at every holiday. We were always, and we all lived within two blocks of each other on my mom's side. So we were very, very close. And when you look at that and then you see what happened after, like all the joy was gone. And my brother really loved Christmas. And about 10 years ago, I became like a Christmas fanatic. Like I was on TV, I was in the newspapers, I was putting up 17 Christmas trees in villages and lighting up the hall outside and 200 Santa Clauses. And, and a person said, to, and I never knew why, I just said, well, I love Christmas. And a friend of mine came to one of my parties during Christmas and said to me, Patty, why do you do all this? I said, you know, I just don't know. And I started to think about it, and I realized I was bringing back my childhood that I lost. Every holiday became, it took a trailer truck to move just Christmas for me. And then there was another one with Easter and Halloween, and I was trying to get it back. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't see a problem with that. And people might call it overcompensation. But look, I didn't go through what you went through. And you're sitting here talking about, not just for you, but for your parents and your extended family. There was the incidents before, life before August of 1963, and then life after. And they were never, ever remotely close to the same. That's correct. And it's because of the actions of two scumbags, for lack of better words. Yep, that's exactly what they were. And, and these are men that 
people love to see in Hollywood that it's some sort of maniacal killer who's a mad genius, and it's not the case. It, we're talking about people who are absolute lowlifes, who have obviously nothing positive to offer society, that are the ones that, that take lives. And, uh, and they're a very small percentage of even bad guys. Uh, criminals very small percentage are truly evil violent people these two guys sounded like they were very evil very violent real criminals from seven years old yeah i mean they were you know they they were on parole when they committed the murders they were celebrating an armed robbery who celebrates an armed robbery right well scumbags you know that's what they were i mean this was you know that they were shooting at people's feet in the bar and that's why they called the police i mean they were having a good old time and just going to the website for odmp.org and very great website they they try to memorialize every officer killed in line of duty through our country's history and from what little i know this was august 26 1963 sergeant peter voto and your brother gary tedesco responded to a call for disturbance at the local bar. These two guys wound up getting a hold of a weapon and pistol whipping Sergeant Voto, got control of both both of them, stripped them down through their underwear and executed them. That's correct. That's just so, so horrific. I, I read a news report from a couple of years ago. One of the responding officers said that when he walked in, it was the most horrific thing he'd seen. And he thought he was standing in a puddle of water. And it was actually a puddle of blood. And yeah. that the thought that this could happen to anyone anywhere in the United States is unimaginable. But to think that this could happen to two police officers, one of which is a very experienced officer, and the other one's your brother who's in training, is very new at this. And these are people who even back then in 1963 were incarcerated, were known career criminals, and were not in jail where they belonged, and they were allowed to roam the streets where they could commit horrific acts of violence, kill two people, and forever alter the lives of two families and a community as a whole. Am I understating this? Oh, yeah, you said it perfectly. We're all over social media. Be sure to like and follow our Facebook page, Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. We're on Twitter. Follow us at LET Radio Show Podcast. And on Instagram, look for LET Radio Show Podcast. Of course, if you've missed past episodes of the Law Enforcement Today Radio Show, never fear. You can listen to them online as a podcast. Just go to our website. LETRadioshow.com. We're talking with Patty Tedesco. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. We're going to take a short break. I promise you, you don't want to miss what's coming up next, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We're all over social media. Be sure to like and follow our Facebook page, Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. We're on Twitter. Follow us at LET Radio Show Podcast. And on Instagram, look for LET Radio Show Podcast. Of course, don't forget our website, letradioshow.com. See you there. If you haven't done so already, please download our app. It's 100% free. we got versions for your Android and iPhone devices, 100% free. You can download them today at our website, which is letradioshow.com. This is Law Enforcement Today's show. We are joined by Patty Tedesco calling us from Bucks County, Pennsylvania, right us out of Philadelphia area. And we're talking about 
the murder of her brother, police officer Gary Tedesco, and his partner, police sergeant Peter Voto in Lodi, New Jersey, back in August of 1963. Before we went to break, Patty, you said that there was a book written about this. It is a horrific crime for anywhere, but for, and I'm not saying it's to be de- demeaning, uh, a sleepy town like Lodi back in the day, it w- must have been like, what is going on in our world? This shouldn't happen here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it came up as the second top story in the news under Kennedy's assassination. I mean, it was that big a story. And the book that was written was call, is called The Night of the Devil. And David Stout is the author of that book. And we all participated in the book. And if you want to read a very interesting, what he did with this book is he started out with what the growth of, of Tra- uh, Trantino, the one of the murderers and and the other murderer, and the story of Gary and Voto. So, and then he brought it to the August 26th. So here's where his life was going. Here's where the police officers' lives were going. And here was the end result. And then, of course, you know, he talked to Adrian, his uh, girlfriend, and, and the family, and myself, and and how it ended the town and, and told lots of details that actually I, he did a lot of research on this that I had learned because there was only so much I knew as a child, you know. What's the name of this book again? The Night of the Devil. I'm sure people do a Google search they can find it in the author's name one more time. Yeah, I used to be on um it used to be on Amazon. I don't know if it still is, but but uh I, I think they would find some old copies of it. Now you were eleven years old approximately when your brother was murdered and you said this is the second biggest story for that time period in the United States. First one being the, the assassination of President Kennedy. So this had a profound effect, not just on New Jersey, not just on Lodi, not just on your family, but on a great part of the United States, correct? That's correct. How did it shape you? I I know we talked about how you didn't have a childhood from that date on, that in even adolescence, everything was different. Is there anything about what you've learned about you and what you've experienced that you can say, this is the big negative or positive that came about from this? Well, the negative for me is easy. I have not been able to have a healthy relationship with a man. I was married, but I screwed up the marriage to a, to a really nice guy. I, and so I stayed alone. Uh, I actually had my daughter on my own and raised her by myself. I think there's a fear of abandonment again, that I end up losing the relationships before they can leave me. And when I was younger, I I was dating more married men, which was against what I believed in, but it gave me the answer before the end, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. It's like you knew it wasn't going to go anywhere, so they they couldn't hurt you because this is as far as it would go. Right. Yep, because I knew the end. And, you know, my friends would go, Patty, this is not like you. What's the matter? And, you know, I've been in therapy on and off since I'm 19. My closest friend, who I'm still friends with today, who lived across the street from me, we were born across the street from each other, 
she said, you need to get therapy when I was 19, and I went. And I still, you know, on and off, go into therapy to try to understand what is my life. The thing is, I would go, she and I would go to the clubs when we were younger, right? That's what you went and you danced. And I couldn't say my name, not because I wasn't proud of who I was, but everybody wanted to talk about the murder. So I could never get away from it. And what I ended up doing was just telling people my first name and refusing to tell them my last name because I needed a break. And I've always said, and I will say to this day, unless you experience something like this, you really don't understand. And the first time I ever met other victims like myself were when I was going into training for certification to become the speaker in the state of Pennsylvania, which was about nine years ago. It was the first time I felt like I was with a group of people who understood me. They knew because they had gone through, uh, it wasn't necessarily a police officer, but you know, their sons or, or daughters that were murdered. And I, I felt sadly at home. So I have such um, a desire to, I, I worry about the children, like the police officers in Jersey City, where he left five children behind. I so much want to go talk to the mother when she's, you know, ready to talk to say, here's what children need, because they didn't choose this, and they have a right to their lives now. And that's what the father would want. That's what my brother would have wanted. He would not have wanted to see what happened to this family. It, it didn't bring us together. It brought us apart. And that's that's the sad part about this is that the tragedy of the death of your brother was compounded by multiple tragedies with your family afterwards. And I know we don't have time to talk about those. I'm sure maybe we should get back together and do another interview in the future. One of the things that I've heard from many people that have come on the show, uh, we do a lot of work with concerns of police survivors. And as an organization started in the late 80s, and one of the things that came up is uh, one of our guests talked about attending a retreat for children who lost fathers or mothers who were police officers killed in the line of duty. And everyone was going, you mean your dad was killed too? And then they, an, an adult who was working there, a retired police officer, he goes, nope, my father and mother, and they're, they're both still alive. And they were, the kids were shocked. That person was an anomaly to them that they had both of their parents in their life. I would love to speak at one of those retreats if you know any information about that. I they're, would, they're great I people. I would love to talk to those people. Concerns of Police Survivors, do a, a, a Google search for Concerns of Police Survivors and all those, so they're all one of the driving forces behind uh, Police Week in D.C. every May. Before we end, Patty, give people more information about how they can find about you, the services you offer, and uh, the speaking and everything else you do. Well, my focus is on uh, leadership and sales and, and moving 
people forward. So whether or not you're in the corporate world, I've worked with many corporations, I come from the corporate world, or whether you're an individual that just needs to know where they're focused on life. See, I believe you can do anything because I did it against all the odds. So I work very hard to make sure that people succeed. That's my drive from everything that has happened to me. So you can reach me by my website or my email. It's pattedesco at gmail.com. Um, my website is executivetraininggroup.com. You can read about me, my bio. I've done the work all over the world. Or if you just need somebody to speak at something with, you know, when we're losing uh, people through homicide or you have children and you don't know what the children need because I truly know what they need. Uh, one of the things I will say is they need a sense of normalcy, something that most children that go through these horrific things don't have. And I, I for one, so, don't know how to come up with that, but at least I've gotten better in my old age, let's just say, that I'm more open-minded and and more willing to talk to people and say, hey, I don't have the answers, I don't understand, but I'm here to show support. Uh, again, your website address one more time is? Executivetraininggroup.com. Kind of fascinating that these horrible experiences you went through with the murder of your brother, police officer, Gary Tedesco, back in 1963, has motivated you to do this. Uh, Patty Tedesco, thanks so very much for being a guest on the Law Enforcement Today Show. Very much appreciated. Thank you very much. If you want to be a guest on the Law Enforcement Today show, just go to our website and contact me through there. Our website is letradioshow.com. That's letradioshow.com. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today show. We've got another great guest heading your way next week. Don't miss it. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. Thank you.